On today's show, Jalen Green, the bright spot for the Houston Rockets against the Cleveland Cavaliers, dropping a 30-piece scoring at all three levels. But then, unfortunately, Kevin Porter Jr., why did we see him reverting back to some poor, bad habits in this game against his former team? And how was Alperin Shingun able to turn himself around in this game after having a really, really bad first half and then kind of finding his rhythm there in the second half? We're going to unpack all of that and more coming up right here at Locked on Rockets. This is Mission Control, Houston. Ignition sequence start. The Houston Rockets select Jalen Green, Alperon Shingun, and Jabari Smith Jr. T-minus 15 seconds. Guidance is internal. Every time I step on that floor, I'm coming. Hey, Houston fans, I am so happy. You're getting somebody who's going to come in with a chip on their shoulder, somebody who's going to come come in and compete from day one. Six, five, four, three, two. One. What's up and welcome to another edition of Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. As always, I'm your host, Jackson Gatlin, native Houstonian and credentialed media member. I'm also the host of Locked on NBA Mondays. Be sure to follow along on Twitter at JT Gatlin. The show, of course, at Locked on Rockets, free and available wherever you listen to your podcast, including YouTube. Just go to YouTube, search Locked on Rockets. Be sure to like, comment, subscribe. All that good stuff. As always, thank you so much for making Lockdown Rockets part of your day every single day, whether it's on the way to work, on your lunch break, in the gym. Thank you for making LOR part of your day every single day. Now, today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. That's prizepicks.com. Promo code locked on. Today, we're going to be talking about the Rockets 108 91 loss against the Cleveland Cavaliers, a game that was. Actually, sort of competitive, uh, surprisingly so at points in this game before things like completely came off the rails there in the fourth quarter, Cleveland battening down the hatches and, and actually getting back to their their defensive ways, really shutting down the Rockets in that fourth quarter, holding them to just 11 points scored in the final frame. But a lot to unpack from this game. Jalen Green had a monster night. That was great to see. Um K.J. Martin continues to do solid things in the starting lineup. Bit of a rough night for Kevin Porter Jr. and Alperin Shingu. We're going to unpack why those guys struggled in this game. Jabari Smith Jr. also not the best night, although I think the process was really good with what he what he had to do on the court. And then Tari Eason off the Rockets bench continues to be impactful. But let's start with your Locked on Rockets player of the game, and that's Jalen Green who had yet another 30-piece. It's becoming a regular, consistent thing for Jalen Green. First off, it was nice to see him actually be good on the road because Jalen has struggled so much this season on the road. Like, the home road splits for Jalen are just brutal this year. So that's kind of the next piece of the puzzle for him, right, is figuring out how he can be consistently good on the road. But... He really put together a solid, solid game in this one. Got off to a a hot start, and he finished with 30 points on 10 of 17 shooting. Had 5 of 11 from long distance, 5 of 6 at the charity stripe. Only one rebound for Jalen. I'd like to see him be a little bit more active on the glass. The Rockets as a team really struggled at times, kind of closing out. Defensive possession strong. They gave up 13 offensive rebounds to the Cavaliers in this game. They And the Rockets are a team that usually out-rebounds their opponents, right? That's usually been the one, like, feather in the cap for this Rockets team this year because they don't do much else really, really well, but they do usually out-rebound their opponents. Uh, they were actually minus, 
what is it? Minus five on the glass in this game. The Cavaliers had 41 rebounds to 36 by the Rockets. But Jalen Green in this one felt like he was, you know, a really like well-rounded scoring threat in, in this game for Jalen Green, right? Getting it done at all three levels. The three ball was falling. He was scoring in the mid-range. He was scoring at the rim a little bit. Just kind of getting it done from everywhere on the floor. And look, I'll be I'll be completely honest. Coming into this game, after the beatdown that the Rockets got against the Grizzlies in the game on Friday, I came into this game and I was like, look, okay, expectations very low. It wound up being competitive. We'll talk about a little bit of the game flow and, and where the Rockets kind of made their run and, and what went wrong uh, in segment two. But I came to this game just hoping and praying that, well, I didn't pray. I should have done a pray for Victor. But, pray for Victor. Uh, se- separate from the Wimbenyama prayer, uh, all I wanted was for, like my, my worst case scenario for this game would have been Evan Mobley has a monster game and Jalen Green struggles because then you would have had to deal with all the like Evan Mobley truthers in the Rockets fandom who were like, Mobley was the pick, should have taken Mobley. They would have been insufferable. Cavs fans would have been insufferable. It would have been just so, like I would have had to just disappear from Twitter for like a few days because I would not have wanted to deal with the aftermath of all the smack talk, all the garbage talk, all, all that like on Twitter. It would have been just unbearable. So with that, I'm really glad that Jalen at least had an individually good game, even though it, it, you know, elsewhere on the Rockets roster, like there wasn't really a guy that you can point to on the roster who had a good game outside of Jalen. I think Al P played better, significantly better in the second half than he did in the first half, uh, you know, unpack a little bit more about Al P's night later on. But I liked what Jalen did in this game, right? He had another monster, monster third quarter, 14 points in the third quarter. That was the Rockets' highest scoring quarter of the game. They, they had 22 in the first, 21 in the second, 37 in the third quarter. They caught fire in that third quarter. And then it's like the fire was just, the Cavaliers just extinguished the flame in the fourth quarter. But third quarter, Jalen Green is becoming a regular occurrence, right? He has this knack. I don't know what what's happening. I don't know what they're whether he's just like eating his Wheaties at halftime or something. But he steps out, and in that third quarter, we have seen it time and time again this season where he recognizes what's happening, and he just he's like the spark starts, and he can't be stopped in those third quarters. And my my singular gripe from this game with Jalen is. And th- but this has been kind of a gripe all season is why does he not get more touches when he clearly has it going? When Jalen is on fire, he should be getting all the touches in the world, right? I don't know why your star player in a given game, your number one option finishes with just 17 shot attempts. Like the Rockets have this weird offensive. I oh, they really don't have any offensive identity, but they have this weird, like, I, I guess like philosophy offensively that like, they're going to share the ball with everybody. Like everybody's getting their touches. Everybody that doesn't need to be the case. Like, I don't need like the fact that like, I don't, I don't know. It's really tough to, to want to try and balance. There's too many mouths to feed, I guess is basically my point here. There's no reason that Jalen Green should walk away with only 17 shot attempts in a given in a given game. Jalen should get at minimum 20 attempts every single game. He should live somewhere between 20 and 25 attempts every single game. And some of that this season is on Jalen, right? Some of it is at times he becomes a little bit more passive on the floor. He defers a little bit to his teammates. It's fine when he's playmaking and he's creating opportunities for his teammates. But when nobody else has it going, 
He has the ability as the alpha elite scorer that he is to put the team on his back and carry them to the finish line. And I just wish we saw that a little bit more, but it's more on his teammates. It, it, but two-way street, like Jalen has to command the ball from his teammates a little bit more. I just wish we saw, like in this game, I would have loved to see Jalen get up like 25 shots, right? Eight more shot attempts. He might have broken 40. Maybe he keeps it going in that fourth quarter if he gets more, you know, more touches, more shot attempts. Maybe if more of the shots were diverted his way in the third quarter, I don't know how you break it down and figure out who to take more shots away from. But on a given night, when you identify that certain guys are struggling, Jabari was struggling, Kevin was struggling, Alpi was struggling, especially there in the first half. I mean, at some point you have to realize, okay, one guy has it going, let's get him the ball. And the Rockets are really bad at that. Other teams are good at it. Case in point, the Memphis Grizzlies, Friday night, Luke Kennard lit the Rockets up for 30 points. <laughs> My voice is cracking. That game destroyed me. Luke Kennard torched the Rockets for 30 points on 10 of 11 from long distance because they kept getting him the basketball. It ain't that hard. You feed the hot hand, and the Rockets have Jalen Green on a scorcher, and yet they go through multiple possessions You know, in the second half where Jalen doesn't even sniff the basketball. Like it, it, I, Somebody help me make it make sense because... I'm losing it over here. I'm losing it. But I, I did, I really enjoyed Jalen's game. It was nice to have him, you know, to see him have a strong game opposite Evan Mobley, who, who did, I mean, because, you know, those two will forever be linked in their NBA careers. People are always going to be comparing those two guys. Evan Mobley had an incredibly strong game as well. 19 points, seven boards, five assists, one steal, three blocks, eight of 12 shooting. Evan Mobley was phenomenal in this game. Mobley played great, but it was great to see Jalen have a good game and just not have that really awful scenario where like Mobley looks awesome and Jalen struggles because then again, like so many different parts of the Rockets fandom and then the Cavs fit, like it would have been insufferable. So I'm happy Jalen had a good game. It's good to see him put to, put together a well-rounded all-around game on the road. And again, it's always nice to see it happen against one of his draft mate, you know, peers in an Evan Mobley, right? Whenever he plays against Mobley, Cade, Scotty, like all of them. Uh, I, I feel like Jalen also kind of gets up for these matches a little bit more, which is which is always fun to see. So coming up, want to unpack a little bit more from this game. What went right for the Rockets in this one? How they responded in the third quarter, a big third quarter for this Rockets team. And then why things petered out there so awfully in the fourth quarter. We're going to get there in just one moment. But first, today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Next game, how about Jalen Green to score more than 26.5 points? What about Alperin Shingun to have more than 8.5 rebounds? How about Kevin Porter Jr. to have less than 7.5 assists? Or what about Jabari Smith Jr. to have less than 3.5 three-pointers made? So what is prize picks? It's daily fantasy sports, but how does it work? Basically, you pick two to six players. If they score more or less than their prize pick projection, you can win up to 25 times back on your money on any entry that you submit. There's no competing against other people. It's just you versus the projections available. Prize picks offers projections on any sport that you watch. That's NBA, NFL, MLB, NHL, PGA. They've got you covered for everything. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that simple. They're safe. They offer fast withdrawals. Currently operational in over 30 states and Canada. So download the PrizePix app or go to prizepix.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code Locked On. If you deposit $100, PrizePix will give you $100. If you deposit $50, PrizePix will give you $50. So don't forget to enter promo code Locked On at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. And continuing on here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. Let's talk a little bit about the game flow in this one as the Rockets take the 108 
91 loss against the Cavaliers. Um, this game was actually, the Rockets wound up making this a much more competitive game than I thought they would, right? They had the the big third quarter, the huge run at the end of the third quarter. They were, like, they were able to cut this game to five, five-point deficit going into the fourth quarter, but then the Cavaliers, like, lock things down in the fourth quarter. We'll get to that in a second. Um, but the Rockets were down 17 at halftime of this game, right? They were down by as many as 20 in this game. Like it, it was not a pretty affair whatsoever. They came out of the gate. Cavaliers looked really good in the first quarter, 33 to 22 first quarter, uh, 27, 21 second quarter Again, 17 point deficit at halftime. A big part of that was because Jalen was the only guy that had anything going positive in the first half. Like Jabari looked like he was sort of on pace for a good game early in the, I think at one point he was like three of six shooting, if memory serves, or like three of five. And you were like, okay, cool. Like Jabari's like on pace for like a good game. Uh, And then he like, he finished the game four of 13. Now I don't, I didn't hate any of the shots that Jabari took. I actually liked most of them, except for there were a couple shots against Evan. It was really weird because Jabari like drained his first jumper over Evan Mobley. And it was kind of like, Oh, like, you know, peek your eyebrows up. Like, wow, Jabari just hit a jumper over Mobley. Like that's not exactly easy to do. Cool. Like let's see more of that. And then each time he tried thereafter, it got progressively worse. Like the second time he tried to shoot over Mobley, he just missed it. And then the third time was like a, it was like a forced like turnaround fadeaway shot that like Mobley might've even gotten like a fingertip on the ball. Like it was just a bad shot. But for the most part, I actually liked a majority of the shots that Jabari took in this game. In fact, he had one where he was like at the top of the key, just outside the semicircle. It's so like right inside the three point line, literally like long two distance. And he had the ball. He was kind of waiting for some like rockets off ball action, kind of like looking to see if somebody was going to come over for like a handoff, whatever. And nothing materialized. So then he just, he took a quick like rhythm dribble and then just elevated right there on the spot and drained, uh, you know, was like a 20 foot jumper. Uh, I love that shot for Jabari. Like I love that in a rhythm look for him. I'd rather him be a little bit closer to the rim when he does it. Like, you know, get him maybe more in a comfort spot, maybe get his back to the basket, that kind of thing. He has to get better at sealing guys off. There have been moments where the Rockets have tried to get him the basketball. This not in this game specifically, but in general where the Rockets have tried to get him the ball, like on a quick post-up opportunity. But he has to keep his man. He has to learn how to keep his man sealed on his back and doesn't, you know, not allow somebody to front him or slip in front to tip the ball away, which has happened, you know, a number of times when the Rockets do try to get him opportunities like that. But overall, liked the shots that Jabari got in this game. They just weren't going in uh, elsewhere from that. Defensively, there were some possessions where he, you know, some mix ups on defense. Maybe get into that a little bit later because the Rockets are just sometimes they're so lost defensively. It's just, it kills me to talk about it. Um, and I also want to clear up, I want to clear up some stuff about the defensive issues with this Rockets team, because I feel like there is, I feel like people don't understand defense and I'm not trying to be preachy about this. I just want to like, I want to do my best to explain how defense is supposed to look and how some of the rotations are impacted and some of the frustrations. I also want to talk about the Rockets and they're just, absolute love for complaining to the officials because that has got to stop. It, it, it is so absurd. Um, let's shift gears here to Kevin though, because uh, Kevin had an awful game and Alper and Shingun, but they, they both had pretty awful games. LP figured it out in the second half. Kevin did not, unfortunately. Uh, so I really have enjoyed, and I thought that Kevin has done a phenomenal job as of late basically post all-star break just he's played he's been a different version of himself right he has been the good version of himself where he is 
actively going into every game with the mentality of I'm going to get my guys involved. I'm going to facilitate at a high level. I'm going to be unselfish with the basketball. I am going to look to get other guys the ball, right? That has been, he has been almost like a pass first mentality post all-star break. And then this game comes along and you know, it's against his former team. It's the Cavaliers. Like this is the team that traded him. Like he's got history in Cleveland playing on the road in Cleveland. Like this was an emotionally charged game for Kevin. And I was really discouraged by the response, right? Like by how he handled it. Um, He finished with six points on three of 12 shooting. He had three rebounds, four assists, one steal and two turnovers. And it really felt like he was trying to put on a show early in the game. Like it felt like he came in, came out of the gate with the mentality of, I am going to score this game. I am going to score. I want to score. I am looking to score. And it didn't really feel like he was trying to get his teammates involved at the level at which we've seen since he came back post all-star break. Now, again, some of that, like some of his play has been really, really good. And it's, I'm not trying to hold him to like some unfair standard. It's just, there's a very clear distinction when Kevin is looking to get his teammates involved and when he's not. And in this game, he wasn't looking to get his teammates involved. And so we got the bad version of KPJ. We got the KPJ that, because, and here's the thing is sometimes this version of KPJ can still be good if he's rolling, right? If he's got it going that like one in every like 10 games, one in every like 15 games, Kevin has like a masterclass, right? Where he cannot be stopped offensively. The, the three ball is falling. He can get whatever he wants in the mid range. He can get to the rim, getting the free throw line, like, oh, whatever. KPJ can have a dominant offensive game. That was not happening in this one. And he also wasn't facilitating at a high level. And he was also blowing defensive coverages. And like, it was just a, it was a really, really bad all around game. This is the first like really bad game for Kevin since he came back from injury. Uh, So that was kind of disappointing to see given all the like progress that it felt like Kevin was making. And again, at times with him, it feels like it's just one step forward, two steps back, right? Where it's just like, ah, cool. He looks, he's awesome. All these games. And it, it very much is a mentality thing with Kevin, right? It's how he approaches the game. If he approaches the game with a score first mentality, then this is what happens unless he's got it going. And even if he's got it going, cool, maybe he has it going, but then nobody's setting up the other guys on the roster. Like, right, if you're going to be the point guard, if you're going to be the head honcho, if you want to be the point guard of this Rockets team, you cannot abandon your role as the primary facilitator for this group of guys. You can't. Like you have to be able to straddle the fence and do both things. You can be that you can have the scoring mentality at times. And I thought that again, post all-star break since then, Kevin has done a phenomenal job kind of sat straddling the fence and playing both roles, right? At times he'll be the scorer when he needs to be taking shots and getting buckets within the flow of the offense, but also primarily being a facilitator. That's what he needs to do to be the best version of himself in this current iteration of this Rockets team. And this was not that in this game against the Cavaliers. So coming up, do you want to talk about Alper and Shingun, how he struggled and was just Honestly, Alpi was awful in the first half of this game, uh, but then he really turned it around in the second half. Talk about that, some of the Rockets' defensive issues and kind of what happened that allowed Jarrett Allen to have such a monster game in this one. Donovan Mitchell, Darius Garland getting some easy opportunities from beyond the arc. Going to break down all of that. We're going to get there in just one moment, but first, today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. 
The Built March Madness bracket is here. We know you have a favorite bar or puff flavor, and now's your time to make it count. Go to BuiltMarchMadness.com to vote for your favorites. You know that I'm going to be voting for the Coconut Brownie Chunk. It is the GOAT Built Bar flavor. That's the one that I, that's my favorite. That's the one I'm going to be voting for. You need to go vote for your flavor. Support your flavor. Support your bar or puff over at BuiltMarchMadness.com. And when you vote for your favorite bar or puff, you'll be entered into a drawing where 50 lucky Locked On listeners will get a free box of Built Bar. But not only that, one lucky Locked On listener will win a 12-month subscription to Built to have the Built Bar's best flavors and puffs delivered monthly straight to your door. You've got to try Built Bar, the best protein bar on the market. Seriously, they're so amazing, you don't even think they're good for you, right? They're basically candy bars that are jam-packed with protein. They're all high in protein, low in sugar, covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. So run to BuiltMarchMadness.com right now to vote for your favorite bar or puff and pick up a box while you're there. You can vote every day in March, so hop in and support your pick. And final segment here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. Now, let's take a look at Alperin Shingun, who really was off in this game in the first half. Um, so Alpi finished the night with 14 points. Eight rebounds, four assists, one block, six of 12 from the floor. Uh, in the first half, he was two of eight. And it was a rough, it was a, it was an, it was a bad two of eight. Like, I mean, all out of sorts, couldn't find a rhythm, uh, looked really sloppy with the basketball when he did get it. And a big part of that is, it, it's, I think it's twofold. One, I do think that Alpi struggles with lengthy defenders. Uh, not necessarily like bigger body defenders. I really think lengthy guys are like Alpi's kryptonite, right? So Jared Allen is not necessarily like he doesn't like Jared Allen doesn't have like a lot of weight to throw around, right? Like he's, you know, he's a big dude, but he's not like Jokic or Embiid big. Like I, I honestly feel like Alpi actually handles himself fairly well as, as well as one could hope like against Jokic and Embiid despite being 6'9", 6'10", you know, a bit undersized compared to those guys. But I, I feel like his main kryptonite is like lengthy guys who can play over the top of him. And that's exactly what we saw happen in this game. Multiple times this game, Jared Allen, Evan Mobley, just playing over the top of the Rockets defense, right? Tw the twin towers for the Cavaliers, two seven footers or two, you know, whatever. Jared Allen, six foot 11. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. Twin towers, two seven footers, two lengthy guys. And they kind of had their way with the Rockets, you know, they could, they were stopping them defensively. They were, you know, really funneling everything. I mean, the entire like Cavs defensive scheme is to funnel everything into that back line of Mobley and Allen. And they just shut everything down in the paint. And then on top of that, offensively, I mean, both of those guys were tearing it up on the offensive glass. Evan Mobley walked around, walked away with three offensive rebounds. Jared Allen walked away with six offensive rebounds. Jared Allen on the night, 24 and 14. Evan Mobley, 19 and seven. Um, now here's the issue. Some of that is Shingun. Some of that Shingun struggled against those guys, right? Like, but then a big chunk of that is those guys did some significant damage when Shingun was off the floor. But even more than that, here's the problem with the Rockets defense. Nobody understands how to rotate. Nobody understands how to do the little thing. And like I'm saying, this is for this is for for Jalen, for Jabari, for KJ, for Kevin. And this is even for Alpi. Like there, there's there were definitely moments where Alpi broke down and, and you know made the wrong move or, or you know couldn't secure a defense re whatever. Sure, but Alpi is not the sole reason why Jared Allen 
went off for 24 points and 14 rebounds. Because here's what happens. You run a pick and roll, and, and again, so not, <laughs> Rockets r- once again running drop coverage with Shingun playing against Donovan Mitchell and Darius Garland. Uh, Darius Garland only shot one of four from deep. Donovan Mitchell a little bit better, four of nine, but there were opportunities, right, like crazy for those guys to kind of get whatever they wanted uh, with Shingun playing in that drop coverage scheme. So here's what happens is you're defending a pick and roll, and if Alpi goes to contest either the roll man or goes to contest the ball handler who gets a shot up at the rim in a pick and roll situation, right? Um, somebody has to put a body on Alpi's man. Like that's, that's how, that's how defense works. So if LP is able to contest Mitchell or Garland at the rim as they're driving, then somebody on the, usually the weak side defender, right? So whoever's guarding the three point shooter in the corner on the weak side is supposed, supposed to rotate in and help box out the big man. And so many times in this game, we saw Cavaliers run, pick and roll. LP contests the ball handler, right? Whether it's a mid range shot, whether it's a, a, a floater, a driving shot at the rim, whatever LP is rotating over and, and is contesting the shot, you know, trying to make life difficult on the ball handler. Somebody has to box out Alpi's man at that point, right? And oftentimes what happens is because the primary defender on whoever the ball handler is, so Kevin, Jalen, KJ, whoever it is, is still trying to get back into the picture from you know having to like fight over the screen on the perimeter or whatever, they're not in the picture quite enough, quite ready enough to be able to box out the big man. They should be able to help box out the big man. So that's another like you know, discipline issue where they're like also like simultaneously contesting, but whoever's on that weak side corner needs to be ready to, as, as they're seeing the play develop needs to, as soon as the shot goes up, right, you need to be darting back in and put, and trying to put a body on that big man that's down low in the paint. You have to, it's unacceptable. Like the, the Rockets lack of defensive rotations, but it's not all on other guys, right? Like LP was just bad in this game, right? I think he was kind of getting into his own head and this segues into my issue with the Rockets as a team, as a team. And you know what? I'm not even going to say as a team, as a triumvirate, as a trio, as the three little musketeers, I need, (laughs) ow, I smacked the desk and my hand hurts now. It's like the Silas smack. They're not getting after it like they're supposed to. (laughs) I wonder if Steven's hand hurt after he hit the desk. I just hit my desk really hard and that actually hurt. Wow. Okay. LP, Kevin, and Jalen have got to stop complaining to the officials, man. They complain so damn much. It is maddening. Just stop it. Like, it is, it is just awful. At least once, at least once or twice per game. Each of those guys, at least once or twice per game. You have plays where they are just giving up on li- like it's a live play. The ball is still go like. It's not a dead ball, and you are complaining. You are stopping and taking yourself out of the game to complain. Last game against the Grizzlies, Jalen had one where he turned the ball over, and he immediately, like, you know, hands up, and he was, like, complaining to the official, like, oh, he fouled, like, and Grizzlies, breakaway, transition, awful. In this game, LP had a possession where he goes up, and he thought he got fouled, and he's, like, looking at the refs, and he's doing his, like, oh, I didn't get a foul. Uh, down on the other end, Jared Allen is is running, sprinting full court, gets down on the other end, and is below the basket, 
in great position for an offensive rebound as the shot is going up. Alpi's still not even back in the picture. And KJ Martin had to try and box out. KJ Martin had to foul Jared Allen because he just, he couldn't, he, it's Jared Allen, right? He had no chance, right? Is foul him or he's going to get an easy put back opportunity for two. This was early in the game. And then later in the game, there was a possession where Kevin thought he got fouled. Live ball play in the second half. Kevin thought he got fouled and he, he like, he hunches over and he like hands on his knees is like looking at the official. Like, come on, man. Like middle of the play. Alpi recovered the the missed shot and got the offensive rebound and went up and scored and you know, scored it. Got an and one opportunity, bricked the free throw because Alpi's free throw shooting has been pfft, as of late. But like, I need those three guys to be better, and that is a that is a maturity problem, and that is an accountability problem from the coaching staff. Like I, I bench them. The next time you see one of those guys blow a defensive assignment because they're complaining to the ref, pull them. I don't even care. Pull Jalen out of the game. Pull Kevin out of the game. Pull Alpi out of the game. It is beyond ridiculous at this point that the coaching staff, that the adults in the room, right? Silas, Lucas, Hollins, whoever, that they cannot get these guys to understand, hey, it's it's Steven's job. It's our job, whatever. We will complain to the refs for you. You need to stop, right? The Rockets get in their own heads way too often. And I get it. It sucks. Like, if you get fouled, there was a, there was a play where Jalen got absolutely mobbed, fouled like three times on one possession on a drive to the rim. That sucks. Like that feels really bad, right? You get hit on the shoulder, you get your arm grabbed, slapped, whatever, and you're not getting a whistle. Yes, it sucks. Stop compounding the issue by complaining about it. Play through it. Like that's all I'm asking them to do, right? Because complaining about it's not going to resolve anything. Complaining to the officials makes them less inclined to call fouls because then, in again, officials are human beings, and it's awful the amount of power that officials have over over an NBA game. And I hate complaining about the officials, but what I hate more than complaining about the officials is I hate the players themselves complaining about the officiating when it's not accomplishing anything. If anything, it's just pissing the refs off, right? And then they're and then they're not even they're gonna be even worse about the the foul calls at that point. So that's me on my soapbox there. That's me complaining about the Rockets and they're complaining. So it's just a nice little circle of complaining years where they're going to keep complaining. Then I complain, then you complain because I'm complaining. Like, I don't know. It's, it's exhausting. It really is. And that's part of the immaturity aspect of a team full of 19, 20, 21 year old kids is not having a veteran on the court to tell them to, to grab them by the scruff of their neck and, and grab them and say, Hey, you get, get your ass back on defense. Stop complaining to the official, right? You need to be in your spot defensively. So, and again, it's the, those three guys are the main culprits, but it's not exclusive to them. Like there are times when Jabari complains or Tari, like the entire team, it's, it's a team wide issue where they get way too caught up in how the refs are impacting the game rather than just putting their best foot forward and trying to actually play good basketball. So with that, uh, I did want to, I do want to highlight here just very briefly at the end. Um, Tari Eason off the Rockets bench, 10 points, four of nine shooting eight rebounds in his 30 minutes off the Rockets bench. Some really impressive play from Tari, although he did get absolutely stuffed uh, by Jarrett Allen on a transition dunk attempt, which was Easily in real time, like an absurd block. Um, I have no idea how Jared Allen was like his willingness to get up there and try and contest possible posters is one of the reasons that he's a DPOY candidate. Uh, phenomenal defensive play by Jared Allen. And then uh, Usman Garuba, who it is 
one of the biggest travesties of this Rocket season that he does not get more run or that the Rockets have done zero experimentation with him like elsewhere in the lineup, right? Maybe running him at the four spot a little bit, uh, you know, alongside Shingun maybe as like a, you know, defensive compliment. I, I don't know. He had two points, five boards, three dimes and a steal. He had a transition dime to Dacian Nix of all people. Like, like Garuba ran a better fast break than I think Dacian Nix can run. I, has some great passing chops in the short roll. Like I've talked about this time and time again, but Garuba is good. He is. He's a high IQ player. He knows what to do. He understands defensive rotations. He understands what it'd be like. It was just really unfortunate that at the top of the fourth quarter, and one of the reasons that the Rockets got completely shut out of this game is the Rockets had Garuba. They had their like itty bitty lineup out there with like no size. And, the Cavs were running their jumbo twin tower lineups. And it's like, it's not like the Rockets actually, you know what the funny thing is? is I've like harped on Silas's decision-making at times to like run Boban is like, he's like, Oh, this is my counter for a big man is I'm going to put Boban. Boban actually might've made a difference in this game. Legitimately with the amount of size that the Cavaliers have in their front court. Like you could have maybe run Boban and like Garuba or Boban and maybe even Shingun for like a split second here in this game just to see how it would look against the twin towers that the Cavaliers were rolling out and didn't see it. And even in, we didn't even get garbage time Boban minutes. We got garbage time Frank Kaminsky, Frank Kaminsky minutes. So, you know, I don't know. I don't know how Steven Siles makes his decisions about who to play, when to play, how to counter certain things. Like this game of all the games that Silas has decided to deploy the Bobinator to try and like turn the tide of a game. I felt like this one kind of made sense and at no point did he even try it. So I, I don't know it's, but I, I also can't fault Silas for like not playing Bobon in this game and like having played him in other games. Like I can't, I can't have it both ways. I can't complain when he does it and then complain when he not does it, when he doesn't do it. It's just to me, it felt like it would have made sense in this game given that Jared Allen can't shoot. Uh, and then Evan Mobley is also a bit of a, you know, struggles to shoot from, you know, super far outside. He's got the mid-range shot, but like, you know, spacing-wise, it didn't really feel like you were going to get torched by playing Bobon in this game like you normally get torched when you play Bobon in a drop coverage scheme or in a zone scheme against other teams. So those are my final thoughts from this one. Uh, overall, a fun, competitive game, uh, at least until things fell apart there really ugly in the fourth quarter. With that, as always, appreciate you for checking out the show. If you haven't done so yet, please consider subscribing or if you listen to your podcast, that's Apple, Spotify, Google, the Odyssey app, free and available on all podcast platforms. We're also available on YouTube. Just go to YouTube, search Locked on Rockets. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. But as always, thank you so much for checking out the show. Thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for listening. And we look forward to having you back right here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball.